one. Black and ugly as ever. However, I stay Houston down to my socks. Welcome to another installment of In My Humble Opinion podcast, where the opinions are humbled and the words aren't jumbled. I am your host, Avery Like a Very Nice Guy, also known as Avery Zadius on Instagram and Twitter, all the socials and things of that nature. Thanking you for taking your time out once again, checking us out on In My Humble Opinion. We appreciate it. Also joined by my host, Just Devon, ladies and gentlemen. That's me. That's all. Just Devon. That's all he says. Just Devon. That's it. I'm changing up my socials. You know, they're going to say Just Devon because that's what you name me. So it is what it is. <laughs> I did name him that. Uh, actually, Brenda, <laughs> our mom, named you that. But fair enough. <laughs> and you can... <laughs> Currently, you can find him at drdougla on all socials, and you can also find us at myhumblo on everything, as well as the streams. You can also find us on anything, in my humble opinion. You can listen, and one of the things that I like to do, because I am uh, a Leo, and I'm really into myself, I like to watch myself on YouTube. Yes, great, we're on YouTube. I watch myself all the time. Devon hears me. He talks about me. Nigga, are you watching yourself? Yes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, players don't get better unless they watch tape on themselves. That's all I'm saying. Not according to Iverson. Continue. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you saw what happened to Iverson, though. Uh, he was the greatest player in basketball. Continue. That's about it. That's just my opinion. Um, today, we got a guest straight out of Fifth Ward, AKA the Nickel. Rose to fame and rose to prominence and making him a true hood star in this neighborhood. Hard work and determination has him rubbing shoulders with people like DJ Young Sam, Slim Thug, Rizzo Rizzo, just to name a few, and also opening up for people like Kendrick Lamar and 2 Chains. With projects like Before the Fame, he's destined to be a household name. Also, son of DJ Lonnie Mack. Hood Star Chance, ladies and gentlemen. Hood Star Chance. I need an introduction like that all the time, man. <laughs> I, would, I would feel better about being a rapper if I had introductions like that all the time. I appreciate y'all. How y'all doing today, man? We appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you coming on. Well, uh, I appreciate the opportunity. That that last name that my brother said, uh, DJ Lonnie Mack. That's where we are. So normally with our guests, we go back and we start at the beginning. Your story starts kind of before the beginning. Yeah. Let's talk about DJ Lonnie Mack and, and at what he meant to you just as a father and then as one of the prominent DJs in Houston hip hop history. Um, uh, to be honest, when I was young, I didn't even know I was naive to a lot of things. So I wasn't even aware like the stature uh, or the status that he had at the time. You know what I'm saying? I was actually living in Fifth Ward and uh, Scarface um dropped the album. I forgot which album it was on, but he had a song called Let Me Roll. Yeah. And um, he was like, on the wheels of steel is my homie Lonnie Mack, because my daddy was his DJ at the time. And everybody in the neighborhood, like the older kids, was running up to me. Oh, he said your daddy name? Oh, my God. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And it was like, it was just one of them times where I was like, that's what's up. Like, you know, 
and I didn't even I didn't get it. Like I was so young and just you know oblivious to who Scarface was. I mean, I knew Scarface was Scarface, but you know, yeah. I was growing up in Fifth Ward, so it wasn't you know. I didn't really think the world was that big, to be honest. So, like, you know, to to be having genuine experiences like that and to be able to remember experiences like that, it it instilled something in me from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah, that's why we talk to artists all the time when we run across their kids. And the number one thing we always get is, like, my kids don't – you know, your kid just sees you as your dad, your dad mm-hmm. and your mom, and it's like – that's just my dad and my mom. I don't know why y'all like them. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> so we talked to a couple of It was artists. really like that. It was really like that. <laughs> it was real. It was so bad at a point when I when I first, because I was going by my name, and which was my real name is Chance, spelled C-H-A-N-T-Z. And um, I was... My uncle, shout out to David Stunts, you know what I'm saying? David Stunts, he's a videographer in Houston. He's an artist, he does he's a photographer, everything. But um, we used to go to all the hood spots and uh, I do showcases, you know what I'm saying? So it'll be like Mr. A's. Uh, I used to go to Reminisce and Club Takeover, like all of these spots everybody would be kind of scared to go to. I was in those spots. So it was like, you know, I would win the showcases and people wouldn't re- remember my name and they will just call me Hoodstar. You know what I'm saying? I had Hoodstar tatted on my fingers. I didn't even, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even think that was going to be my name, but that was the name that they gave me. So like once I started building my name and people start recognizing me, they would be like, oh, you Lonnie Mac, son. And I'd be like, oh, no. Nah. I mean, that's my name, <laughs> but I'm Hoodstar Chance. What you mean? Like, like you feel me? Like, nah, that, I mean, that's, that's my daddy, but you know, I'm that is, I mean, I'm his son, but I'm Hoodstar Chance. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that was one of the things from the beginning that really made me just want to, you know, step it up to the next notch because so many people knew him. It was like I couldn't get away from it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when you first started out, I mean, going back before you're doing the showcases and things like that, what even prompted you? Was it, was it? seeing your dad doing this stuff or were you just naturally inclined to music what was it that brought you into saying like yo you know i want to MC"? uh to be honest it was a mixture of my dad and my mom because um my mom is the personality you know what i'm saying my mom was the one who when we were kids we would be performing or like just doing certain things like you know she would make me dance so i'd be i used to love michael jackson and james brown back in the day she would make yeah. me bust out dancing, doing the James Brown, and I wouldn't care. i just do, you know, i go, because my mama said go. And then my father, on his side, it was like, he was a DJ, so, like, as a kid, and I, when I was, the times that I were around my father, it was like, you know, I'd be at his house, and he'd have a whole DJ thing set up, and Bushwick Bill would be sitting on the couch, like, you know what I'm saying? And I'd be looking at him like, who is this little grown <laughs> kid? Like, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, I remember when I was in elementary school, he had, I can't remember which one of his friends it was, but like he helped me put together a rap. And it was like, my name is Chance. I come to make you dance and clap your hands and understand who's the man, cause I'm the man. Girl, you can't lie to me, cause I'm a G. I don't want to be too bad to make my people too mad. Something like that, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, that was one of those raps I'd never forget. That was my first rap. And it's people from my elementary school who, you know what I'm saying? Still recite that rap to me. 
So it was like, you know, at an early age, I knew I wanted to do music, you know what I'm saying? Because I was around it. I just, it wasn't just a thing though, like, it wasn't like I seen a rapper on TV and wanted to be a rapper. It was more so it was just instilled in me, you know what I'm saying? So as I got older, um, my family kind of split up a little bit and I ended up living with my grandmother and my grandmother was like, you know, um, very strict and she was in the church hard. So it was no rap music, no nothing, no secular, yeah. anything like, you know, even TV shows, like, you know what I'm saying? It, so that kind of took me away from really like being able to just enjoy my passion the way I wanted to. She wanted me to be a gospel rapper, you know what I'm saying? And I get it, you know what I'm saying? But I don't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she did stuff like, you know, it was one time she won some tickets off the radio and we ended up going to the Stella Awards, the gospel awards, you know what oh. I'm saying? We I got to meet Kirk Franklin and all kind of stuff. One of his PRs uh, let us have her seats at the, the private dinner after party. So like, I had a real engagement with Kirk Franklin, you know what I'm saying, his wife or whatever. So, like, different experiences kind of, you know, just had me on my path, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and made me understand that, you know, my grandma told me I was going to be a preacher, but I didn't know, you know, that she she knew what she was talking about. She just didn't know in what way, you know what I'm saying? So, like, the, the rapping for me is just like an orchestration of a whole bunch of different things. It's, it's it's not necessarily something that, like I say, that I just seen somebody on TV and I was like, oh, I want to be like that when I grow up. It was like, it was just instilled in me so hard that I didn't even realize what I was doing once I started taking it serious. Now, when you first got out and you're actually, you know, starting to put together a game plan, uh, you get a lot of kids that kind of push away from the family. And you already said you got this attitude. You want to do it on your own. When did you start to feel like, all right, I'm starting to get some traction. I'm doing this on my own. I'm pushing back. Like at what point were you like, all right, I, I can really, really, really get out here and do this. Honestly, I was just rapping. I wasn't even taking it serious. Like, um, in high school, I uh, uh, I did a song with my little brother and his best friend, and I was a part of this little clique. It became the anthem of the clique. Um, I, I, I did a couple other songs, but I really wasn't taking rap serious, you know what I'm saying? So I was just doing it. Uh, it was one point in my life where um, I ended up staying with my uncle, David Stunts, and um, he stayed right across the street from Mr. A's. And at the time, him and his friend were like, um, promoters for like neo soul events, you know what I'm saying? Like the poetry scene. So like I would go with them to Mr. A's on Tuesdays and like, you know, enjoy the, the poetry scene or whatever. And one night I got on a mic and I just freestyled, you know what I'm saying? And his girlfriend at the time was like, oh my God, he got it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we like, man, my uncle like, what is he talking about? Yeah, he cold, he can freestyle. She was like, no, he got it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all need to take this serious. She was like, Dave, you need to help him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So from that point, my uncle at the time, he was solely like a photographer, you know what I'm saying? And he picked up a video camera and learned how to use a video camera because 
we together took it serious. You know what I'm saying? She was like, I was a natural. I was genuinely like, I knew how to perform on stage without even, you know, rehearsal or something like, you know, what normal rappers have to do. And she was a stylist. So she, at, at one point she was in the game. Like she used to be a stylist for Scarface and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And so she understood certain things that we didn't because she was in the industry already. But like from that point, that was the point where I started going to the showcases to the different spots and, and like, we just took it serious. And um, me linking up with DJ Too Deep at Mr. A's. Too Deep um, was the person who kind of took me to the next level, you know what I'm saying? And this whole time, you know, Lonnie Mac, my daddy, I could have easily went to my daddy and been like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm ready. Because he was always like, you're not ready. You're not ready yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But uh, I built a, a strong, solid relationship with Too Deep, and he was like a big brother to me. I used to go to Mr. A's when I wasn't even old enough to go to Mr. A's, being there on hood night. And he'd let me get the mic, and I'd be freestyling, and the whole club would go crazy. Like, it would just be genuine, organic events in my life that, you know what I'm saying, kept me going, you know what I'm saying? So with that, it was like Too Deep is one of those strict, he's an older cat, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, you know, he's not in the music for the, 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 the glitz and the glamour, you know what I'm saying? So from the beginning, my whole relationship with him was, you know, me taking it serious. And when he seen that I took it serious, that's who introduced me to DJ Young Sam. And that's what took it to the next level. For real, for real. Now, you mentioned about that, about Too Deep. That's also kind of a blueprint you follow or a philosophy you follow. You're, uh, like, when we talked before, you're not in this for the glitz and the glamour, it seems like, either. Like, what what is your drive when you're creating music? Um, My life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um. I didn't got to a point to what time has panned out and people have come to me and made me understand my worth a little better. But like what has driven me this whole time is that like, I'm the superstar of my family. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, I've always been in that light, you know? So it's, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily that they look at me as a superstar, but you know, it's, I'm the way out. You feel me? I'm the, I'm the generation. I'm breaking the generational curse. I'm the one who, you know, it's going to create jobs and change lives. You feel me? So, like, that's that's the part that motivates me the most because I, you know, my surroundings is 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 rough. Hold on, my bad. Damn, I thought I put it on. Uh, <laughs> no problem. No problem. I thought I put the understand. My bad. But good, my surroundings good. were uh, naturally rough. So, like, all my friends and associates and stuff is like, you know, mostly gang members are, you know, street dudes, you know what I'm saying? And 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 growing up and understanding that people really are not ignorant. They just, you know, are in survival mode or don't know another way. And 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 really understanding that I have another route that not only is it just a typical, oh, I'm gonna be a rapper and blow up, but to understand that I'm creating jobs, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I can't I can't tell some one of my homies, hey, don't do that. And, you know, he feeding his family. So, yeah, you're doing it for the right reasons, but you're doing the wrong thing, but you still feeding your family. So, you know, unless I got another way for you to feed your family, it'll be kind of ignorant or selfish of me to try to make you do anything. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this rap stuff, I can really create jobs. You know what I'm saying? And that motivate me. That motivate me because 
that can save lives. I, I got a lot of friends. Shit, my my father is deceased right now because not because of old age. You know what I'm saying? It's because of the streets. So mm-hmm. I I uh. You know, I want to change people's lives. You feel me? And and not necessarily change people's lives by telling them to do something or like you know, it's more so doing my part, playing my position, and putting us in a in a in a in a position to have the opportunities. So, you know, we can change our lives and our family lives. So that's my main, you know, motivation is to create jobs and change lives, basically. Now you spoke earlier, you were saying like people uh, showed you your worth. Do you feel like in the beginning, maybe you kind of undervalued yourself? I definitely did because I didn't understand what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a difference when the rapper uh, puts on the chain and you know, goes, you spending his big homie money and you know, got this image that he portraying than a dude who's just waking up and this is his everyday life. You know what I'm saying? This is just what I do. So I'm not thinking of it as, you know, I'm rapping. I'm just, you know, like rapping is more than just, you know, saying words on the song. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're a rapper, it's a it's a full perspective of being a rapper. It, it's a lot that come with that. You know what I'm saying? The lifestyle, the everything like it's just everything and and the value that you bring to certain people you don't realize that you know what i'm saying but the 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 way that it makes you realize it is you know when time pans out and you know oh that's why they fucked over me like that like you know what i'm saying or that's why they felt like that you know what i'm saying because or you know they understood my worth and a lot of people has tried to trick me on my position you know what i'm saying and that's the main downfall that I've been having over the past years is just not understanding my worth and people knowing my worth and trying to trick me out my position. So that lets me know that it's real. When you got, you know, that's the that's the good and the bad part about it. Like the good part is the people that come to you and saying like, you know, you inspire me or, you know, you changed my life or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And then the bad part is, you know, people who, you not ha- don't have relationships with no more, like, you know, or that tried to mess over you or, and you didn't understand it at the time, you know what I'm saying? But like, that just goes to show you that it's real. No matter what somebody say or what you think, the, you know, the actuality of it is, this was really going on. So no matter if I'm depressed or in my feelings, my worth is still my worth, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Now you talk about, oh, go ahead. Oh, um we've seen with your career, we've seen that there was a point where you were super active and then you kind of slowed down, but now you're active again. What yeah. changed, what, like, what was the reason for that? Um, to be honest, um, I was with DJ Young Sam and Break Them Boys Off and we had kind of like a falling out. It wasn't really like a falling out, like we had a fight or anything, but it was a situation where we were growing as a label and I was blowing up, you know what I'm saying? Sam was doing his thing. He was the number one video. He was the number one go-to guy for everything. Graphics, DJing, producing videos. So it was like, we was both doing our thing and we was growing to a, at a, at a, at a rate that we didn't really know what was going on. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I had a situation where 
uh, a distribution deal was presented to me, you know what I'm saying? And this was from uh, this company called Deep Distribution. They uh, used to be, I forgot what else they used to go by, but it's the same company that uh, DJ Drama got hemmed up with, you know what I'm saying, with the mess with the uh, mixtapes. You know ah, okay. When the feds came, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But that, that company is actually in Houston, in Tumball, Texas, in, I mean, in King in Kingwood. And people don't even know that. But um, I had that situation and I had a meeting with the dude or whatever. And I went with my uncle because my uncle Dave was the dude that was with me. You know, that was my right hand. You know what I'm saying? He's the one who genuinely cared about me and was there for me through everything. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in a meeting with him and I'm like, hey, should I, you know, should I tell Sam about, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, should, should this be a situation with, BDBO and you know or should it because I had my own brand at the time too stunt team which I mean that was me and my uncle and I had that you know before I got with Sam them so like that that's always been my little brand or whatever but my uncle was like well they came to you with the opportunity so it's you should be the one signing the papers so I took that advice and I was like all right bet I signed the papers so then when I went back to Sam we had a compilation out at the time and it had like all these big features on it, you know what I'm saying? And from the meeting uh, with the, the distribution people, I got out of that was, you know, hey, turning these projects and these features, we can pay you for those, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, shit, Sam, I just got a distribution deal. Huh, like you, you can put the project, you giving out the project for free. This was back when people were still passing out mixtapes and stuff, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you giving the project out for free, but this is an opportunity for us to get paid. and. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm the one who with the situation, but I don't want anything for, like, I wasn't on paperwork with Sam, never. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm just coming to him as a brother, like, hey, you know, this is the situation. This is what, I think this is what we, what we should do. And he was just like, hey, my name ain't on the paperwork, you know? And he felt some type of way about that, you know what I'm saying? So we kind of parted ways from that, you know what I'm saying? And it was an immature situation that happened on my behalf. And, um, like, he made, like, all of my videos private, like, everything. It was like, he just took everything down. So it was like, you know, a situation where it was like, I had built all this stuff, and it was like, you know, it was just gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for a long time, I was just figuring out, you know what I'm saying? Because Sam was everything for me, you know what I'm saying? And to this day, he'll tell you, like, he felt like he handicapped me because you know, he did everything for, like, everything. I never paid for anything, you know what I'm saying? He did everything. So, you know, even though it was my fault, I feel like I, I take the blame. I hold myself accountable, you know what I'm saying, for the situation. But, um, like I say, that situation kind of handicapped me, and I had to take time to learn the hard way, basically, you know what I'm saying, due to my father being, you know, gone and me not really having this relationship with Sam. You know, not only did that, you know, mess up my relationship with him, but, like, he has a lot of people that he has relationships with. You okay. know what I'm saying? So that's really what, you know, and I'm the type of person I just don't like to deal with certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's not that I just feel like certain people going to feel like this, so I'm not even going to come around. You feel me? You. So that's really what happened. I kind of feel back a lot. You know what I I'm mean – uh, you you take I mean you seem pretty open about like yo I can take the blame here like if you could go back and redo that situation what do you feel like you do different and do you feel like it's a situation that can be mended 
Um, uh, what I would have done differently, I would have had my uncle too deep and Sam with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When um I made that decision, I would have had a meeting with everybody before the meeting. And um, as far as men in the situation, we cool. You feel me? That's I still look at him as a big bro because he's he's a part of my life that you know what I'm saying can't nobody replace. You feel me? Right. But like mending it, we just you know we done went we 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 went our ways and that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, in the back of my head, it is this little fairy tale thing in my head that wish we could you know because we did do what we did. Like you feel me? Especially for the north side of Houston, we were we were the pioneers. You know for the for the newcomers, you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's popping right now and that's from the north side has, you know, either fucked with me or young Sam or didn't seen what we had going on or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't think it's – only way that that, that that situation can be managed the way that I want is if I get in a position that I need to and I come back and get Sam. You know what I'm saying? I get you. I get you. So what is it your your plan now in terms of trying to get into that new position? Because now we see you're starting to put out more music. You're starting to put out more work. Uh, so what what are your plans now? Um, actually, um, I had a situation a few years ago where I was um I was signed to Face Mob. You know what I'm saying? Scarface record label, and I had a manager. His name at the time, I mean, well, his name is Smith D. You know, he was a part of Face Mob, and he was uh, a part of the Coffee Brothers back in the day also. But um, that situation was like a grooming learning experience, you know what I'm saying? Um, I went through a lot of things in, in that time period, and it didn't turn out the way that I wanted to, but I learned so much, and it kind of, put me in a mind frame that I'm in today, which is, you know, having my own brand and being in the position to kind of be like prepared to make it. And what I mean by that is, um, I think when artists prematurely make it, meaning like they're not ready, are they vulnerable in any areas? That means somebody else picked up what they lacked at and, um, and, um, they getting paid for that, you know what I'm saying? So like, I just want to make sure all of my, everything is in order on my end to where when I'm naturally doing what I do, I'm prepared for it, you know what I'm saying? So like, I have my own entertainment company now, it's Secluded Society. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of making it a series LLC so I can uh, have different um, entities within the entertainment company because I do focus on all of the other things outside of music also, which is like fashion, uh, the film, photography, art, you know, all of those things I go in, I, I feel like going to my artistry. So like, these are the things that, you know, I'm focused on making sure is on point. So, you know, when the situations do come about or when the opportunities do come about, I'm just going to take advantage of them. Right now, I'm just want to put out music, you know, because I haven't put out music in a long time. Um, put out visuals. I, I got two videos out right now. Um, and just keep building, you know what I'm saying? I'm just in, 
I have my foundation set, so now I'm just building my house, basically. You know what I'm saying? Now, what I, is, uh, can you speak on the importance of getting your business together? Shit, I think that's everything. I don't think you should rap if you ain't got your business together unless you just want to be a rapper. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, at this point, when people be like, oh, why you should have been on? Like, why you ain't made it? And it's like, I don't want to make it if I'm going to be miserable and broke when I'm famous. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've already been miserable, broke, and famous, like, from a local standpoint. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't want to be, like, exposed to the world and I'm miserable. You know what I'm saying? And I'm very spiritual. So, like, I feel like, the only way that all of that can be on point is if the business is straight. You know what I'm saying? It's like money isn't everything, but if the money ain't, if the money ain't, uh, if the plan ain't right for the money, or if the money ain't structured right, whatever how it's supposed to flow, then some kind of confusion is gonna come about, and some yeah. unnecessary yeah. situations gonna happen, and it's gonna not only you know mess up your relationship, whatever person that is, it kind of set you back. You know what I'm saying? So like having your business straight is everything. Damn, this dude keep calling. <laughs> yeah, this is a producer. Man, Clubhouse got me working right now. Like, hey, hey, Clubhouse. I got a producer that's gonna be. Hold on, let me let me text him real quick. I'm no sorry. Problem, no problem. I'm gonna pause it. All right. So, I guess uh, this kind of leads into like what you were just talking about. How how do you deal with the pressure of people's expectations? Because I'd imagine that's something you experience it's like uh your dad is Lonnie Mac so you should be on you know what I'm saying yeah. and now it's like you signed the Scarface so you should be on I saw you performing in Mr. A so you should be on I got that you know what I mean so how have you dealt with that in your career because that that's something that has had to be with you from the beginning uh how do you deal with that and how do you make sure that you don't kind of succumb to that pressure I purposely be naive to that kind of stuff you know what I'm saying? Because stuff gets to me. So, like, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that be said that I just be like, all right, uh, you know, everybody, <laughs> my daddy was a big gangster. They want me to be the biggest gangster. Or they feel like I'm trying to be tough. I don't know. Like, I don't care. Like, people expectations, I didn't really been without. So, people expectations don't move me. You know what I'm saying? I know my path and I know my purpose and I know what I need to accomplish and nobody expectations are kind of involved in that process. So like, you feel me? It just, like I said, I'll be purposely naive to it. Okay. That's a good and, way to look at it. That's real healthy. That's super healthy. I explode. I'm crazy, man. I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. That's why I just <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And like I say, with my daddy, like, Lonnie Mac was Lonnie Mac, man. Yeah. Like, you feel yeah. me? Like, I can't even explain it. Like, on the industry level and music end and on the street end. So, it's like, those I mean, are some big shoes to fill. No <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like an imagine. Because for the listeners that don't know, Lonnie Mac was operating when, um, how can I put this? When when uh, Rap-A-Lot was, was Rap-A-Lot. Yeah. Was rap a yeah, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, well, rap a lot was rap a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and see, and a lot of people don't know, like, it was a situation when rap a lot, I don't know if y'all know about this situation. Rap a lot had a situation with Suave House where um, 
Jay Prince was like getting artists from Suave House and they was coming to rap a lot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So Tony Draper was getting pissed off about that. And it was like a whole beef. My daddy is the one who, you know, set, settled that beat and got an understanding between everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like he was that person. You feel me? Because everybody not even in that position to be that person. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And also, shout out to Tony Draper. That's my uncle. He the reason. He the one who gave me the advice Uh, when I was getting my, you know, papers, my departure papers from my release papers from Face Mob. You know what I'm saying? And he also paid for my father's funeral. I mean, my father's funeral, full expense, like everything. Like, that's my uncle. I love him. You know what I'm saying? I just want to shout him out one time. Man, Tony Drake, classic, classic, classic. Yeah. One of my heroes, too. I understand. Because that's another thing. A lot of people just forget or never knew. People, a lot of times, associate Suave House with Memphis. Yeah. I, I mean, he's know. from Memphis. Yeah. But they're just like, oh, he, he must have been in Memphis like the whole time. And yeah. so they have no clue that they was like right here. Yeah, my bad, John. I'm just making. I'm I'm doing two things at once. <laughs> I'm trying not to be no whole ass nigga right now. <laughs> All right, and so what I was saying earlier, uh, when I would hear you on Clubhouse, I like the the honesty. Like when you're sitting there and you're saying like, "Hey, I, I've done some things that are right. I've done some things that are wrong. Learn learn from my mistakes." and see what it is. Because once things start moving again, people are going to really appreciate the story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're going to learn from it because I grew through it. I went through it. I didn't grew through it. Like, the city can tell you. I don't have to say nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing that I'm bragging about. It's just I know what I'm talking about. You feel me? Like, I'm not the type of person to speak on nothing if I don't, you know, if I haven't really... I'm not the type of dude to speak on some street shit if I ain't really did it. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm not talk, finna talk about no numbers on no drugs and somebody come asking me a quote about something. I don't even know what the hit, no measurements or nothing. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I finna know what I'm talking about. So, you know, I feel like that's, as, as I didn't grew through this process, one of the main things that I've lacked is people telling me where they fucked up at. You know what I'm saying? Like, people always tell you where you fucking up at, but Nobody kind of lead by example to where you can understand the things that you don't need to do before you don't need to do them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. On that note, like, what do you feel like is has been your biggest mistake that you've learned from so far? Um, trying to keep it too real. <laughs> like, you know, uh, that, that, that's kind of what we lead into because you had at least public persona, personality wise a much more I don't want to say outgoing it was a much more out there uh, persona and you've calmed down a lot yeah. so <laughs> like what what do you what are you liking that to what was the reason for that and like how did you get from that point to now because you get a lot of artists that follow along that same path like I'm gonna be out here I'm gonna say this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna da, 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 and I'm not gonna deal with any consequence and then they kind of follow along the path so what would you say, how did you develop into the person you are now? And what would you tell artists that are headed along that path, what they can do? Um, to be honest, when I was wild, I was wild for the right. I was on some Kanye shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like, 
I wasn't being ignorant, tripping. I was more so just trying to keep it too real. And when I was doing that, and a lot of situations got publicized. Like, I had a shout out to Dobeezy, you know what I'm saying? I really fuck with Dobeezy. That's my brother. I fuck with him, his family, you know what I'm saying? But I had a, a falling out with Dobeezy. And it really wasn't a real falling out. It was a situation where um, he had a song and he said my girlfriend name on the song at the time, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, hold on, what this supposed to mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I sent the group message to my partners like, listen to this, what y'all think about this? And then everybody was like, is he slugging you? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, well, and it was on a song of one of my little homies, uh, Raji, shout out Raji Diego, you know what I'm saying? Mo Gang, uh, um, he had a, it was a verse on his song. So I was like, well, damn, I really wanted to just hit up Dobeezy and be like, nigga, take that shit off. Like, niggas, <laughs> nigga, you can't say that, nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, let me be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Let me do, let me respond in a song since everybody always saying I'm, you know, tripping. Let me just be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? And with that situation, it was like it exploded so big and it turned into something that it really wasn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I was like, you know, it was tainting my relationship, all kind of shit. Like, and it was just me keeping it real. Like, I, I mean, me, I feel like I was keeping it real, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I was with somebody, I thought she was gonna be my wife at the time. And, you know, you're not finna mention my girl name in the song. And this is my, I'm a rapper and this is my, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this me. But, um, yeah, people crucified me, you know what I'm saying? They made me. They tried to make me something that I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? And that kind of stuff kind of really frustrates me because I've been dealing with stereotypes my whole life. So, you know, when people perceive you wrong, it kind of make shit harder. It make it, it make your route longer, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, what's meant for you is going to happen regardless. But, you know, it's a, it's a real tedious process of people, you know, perceiving you a certain way and you having to get through that. You know what I'm saying? It's like something that I just really don't want to have to deal with. So that's one of the main reasons I didn't fell back, period, because I feel like I didn't mature. I didn't I didn't grown into a better person. So, like, let time go by. Not saying people going to forget that, but, like, you know, just give it some, some room to grow. And now, you know, I'm ready. You feel me? Now I feel like I'm a butterfly. I was caterpillar that I had to get in my cocoon for a little bit. Now I'm a, a butterfly, you feel me? But like, don't keep it too real, man. Just <laughs> don't keep it too real because, and, and I'm gonna say this, this is my advice for the artist. Don't keep it too real because this is a game. Anything you choose, whether it's your job, whether it's the streets, whether it's jail, <laughs> whether it's the rap industry, it's rules. You know what I'm saying? To every game, is rules. And you have to play by those rules or, you know, the game going to play you. <laughs> you feel me? And there ain't no way around it. It's almost like living in your parents' house and you trying to tell them, well, I'm grown now and I should be able to do this, but you under my roof, nigga. So yeah, shut your ass up and follow my rules and go get your own shit. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, to all artists, keep it real with yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's the most important thing to keep it real with. You don't have to keep it real with everybody else. You need to keep it real with yourself. That's the most important thing to do. Now, at that time, how were you perceived, though? 
I mean, everybody was specific. My daddy, Lonnie Mack, man. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, Lonnie Mack was one of the biggest gangsters ever to set foot on Houston. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, when you talk about him, it sounds like a myth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, with that already, you feel me? People automatically thinking I'm trying to be on some Lonnie Mack shit. Because I'm not going to lie, he... He did his dirt, you feel me? He didn't slap the few rappers and the promoters and I didn't see them <laughs> in action, you feel me? So like, people just automatically assumed that I was gonna handle the situation like that. And that's, you know, wasn't even, they didn't even know what the situation started from once it went to the rap song and everybody, it made it, it went into some, you know, some Houston rap beef and Bum B tweet not like, hey, I'm glad y'all handled it like on songs and, not on some street shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? It went to that. It started for me with some respect shit. Hey, this my gal, hey, nigga. <laughs> like, I'm gonna tell you this on the song since you said it on the song, nigga. Like, that was it, you know what I'm saying? But everybody made it a whole, and at the time I was signed to Scarface, so like, it was, it was just, a, it was too much. <laughs> it wasn't even worth it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they was perceiving me as the goddamn devil, you feel me? So like, and I'm not, so. I don't like to be perceived as something that I'm not. Yeah. Uh, so right now you're like, okay, staying calm, making sure you seem uh be more focused, at least in terms of handling business. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of the projects and what are some of the things we can see coming from you uh, for the future? If you're, you know, willing to tell us what, what you got going on right now. Well, right now, I'm currently working on a project. It's called Chance the Trapper because, you know, my name is Chance and, you know, I'm OG Chance. So, like, <laughs> me, um, yeah. when Chance the Rapper came out, everybody thought I blew up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and I'm talking about it was bad. Like, like it was bad, bad. You know what I'm saying? So, like, instead of me being mad about it, I'm using it as a marketing scheme. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, every time somebody be like, oh, your name Chance, like Chance the Rapper. Nah, I'm Chance the Trapper. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like so that. uh, that's a project I'm working on. You know, that's really going to be my first body of work that I put out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm also working on, uh, shout out to Clubhouse. <laughs> I got a uh, shout out to Pierre Cohen. You know what I'm saying? Me and him are working on like a behind the music type thing, you know. And I feel like we're going to turn it into a series because I kind of want to turn it into a a platform for everybody, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it's, I'm not the only person that story need to be told. My story need to be told, but I'm not the only story that need to be told, you know what I'm saying? So uh, those are the, the main things that I'm focusing on right now. You know, I'm just recording as much music as I can. I got a bunch of artists in the industry that fuck with me that, um, you know, they just want me to keep making music and get some songs with them on them. And I'm just trying to build, you feel me? So. Chance to Trapper, um, the behind the music gonna come when that's gonna come. We still working on that, you know what I'm saying? We gonna tap in after the holidays. Um, other than that, um, I have an organization, uh, Royal Revolution of Young Activists and Leaders. It's an organization I started a few years ago off a uh, leap of faith, you know what I'm saying, that I took because I felt some type of way about the police brutality that was going on. Um, I actually called, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I made a flyer on my phone. I put it on Twitter and it, it went viral and I had like 300 and some people come to Discovery Green. And with that, like I made an organization and 
with my organization is more so um, I'm bridging the gap. So like I understand the political world and you know the community and how we're supposed to give back and stuff like that. So I, I also understand that you know that world is not cool. Yeah. So um, it's a bunch of old people, more so, you know, in, in politics and, 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 and as far as community help goes, you feel me? Um, so with Royal, I want to just be like the middleman, you feel me, as far as bridging the gap with these people that I know, like, you know, in these positions that are already, you know, fulfilling their positions and these kids, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's a difference when, this old black dude come tell you something and, you know, I come tell the kids something, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I kind of want to build off of that and I want to build the, uh, I'm going to start uh, once I get everything locked in as far as the paperwork rise, because I'm I'm trying to decide if I want to make it a nonprofit or not. Um, I'm going to start it doing, I'm going to start it at colleges. And uh, what I'm going to do at colleges is, at colleges, if you have, um, I think it's like two students and one staff member, you can start an organization at the college. So I'm going to uh, go through all the colleges in Texas and, you know, start there and, like, just get it started at these colleges. And, you know, while I'm blowing up with rap or whatever it is people want to call it, you know what I'm saying, at the same time, I'm going to be building this, you feel me? So, yeah, that's the main stuff that I'm working on. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So just so the audience knows, uh, let people know like where they can find you, uh, any of your groups, all that stuff, all contact information for you. Um, Hood Star Chance, everything. Hood Star, C-H-A-N-T-Z, hoodstarchance.com. Um, yeah, find me. If you're going to fuck with me, you're going to find me. Like I'm not, I'm yeah. not one of them type of people. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm everywhere. You know, you, you gonna fuck with it. I'm a magnet. You know what I'm saying? You gonna get a. You gonna you gonna come. Hood Star Chance. You gonna remember that name? Trust me. Hoodstarchance.com. And I mean, it's it's real easy to find. Uh, you could just do something as simple as a Google search. Hood Star Chance. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Perfect. If you, you want to, to, if you want to, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you have it set up, so I appreciate that. Everything yeah. up, I'm like, he's easy to find. Yeah. So, once again, we just want to thank you for coming out, or staying in, rather, because we're on Zoom. Yeah. But, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. That was Hood Star Chance, ladies and gentlemen. And I've been one of your hosts, Avery, like a very nice guy, also known as Avery Zadius. Ding. I say at the ding in the post, but we never do it because we're the post. And <laughs> <laughs> our host, Just Devon, ladies and gentlemen, also known as Dr. Dougley. You can find him everywhere on all the socials. And once again, this is, ooh, wow, that just cool. happened. <laughs> yeah. In wow. my humble opinion podcast. I know Devon's looking at me weird. I don't care. I did it. My humble, old, ladies and gentlemen. That's gonna get more views. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm never embarrassed. In my humble opinion podcast. Humbly yours. Thank you. And good night. I'm gone. <laughs>